Hi, I'm Jasper Pattenden at Wickham Wanderers, and you're listening to Wickham Sound. The Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome to this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show. Normally, I like to tell you in chronological order uh, what's happening, but I thought I'd mix it up a bit. Uh, coming up in the next hour, we'll hear from manager Matt Bloomfield. We'll hear from current captain and uh, also uh, left-back. Uh, we'll hear from Joe Jacobson. We'll hear from a former left-back in Ray Eaton. Uh, you heard just a moment ago from uh, Jasper Pattenden. He's the first guest in a brand-new feature. Uh, Phil is here uh, for uh, our uh, regular feature, uh, who we'll hear from in a couple of moments' time, but you've just been doing some uh, microphone maintenance. Yeah, that microphone he fixed, uh, broke, I've just fixed it for you. <laughs> Thank you. I did feel bad about that. It more sort of fell apart in my hands, to be honest. But uh, uh, And also, as it was International Women's Day yesterday, we'll hear from uh, Cairo, the captain of Wickham Wanderers Women, and Emma Newbury as well, uh, looking ahead to their League Cup semi-final, uh, which is this coming Sunday after their regular league season uh, finished last Sunday. Uh, all that and more probably uh, on the way in the next hour. But, uh, as mentioned, uh, Phil is with us, taking advantage of... Uh, uh, our refreshments and uh, and, and yeah, just generally uh, good to be here. Absolutely, yeah. Second week in a row, I've been here in the flesh. It's been very, we're very we don't want to take this for granted, but it's it's very nice to have you with us. It has absolutely nothing to do with the biscuits. <laughs> it's an excellent disclaimer. <laughs> uh, we were up at the training grounds a little earlier on as well. You'll be hearing with us the fruits of that. But let's uh, first briefly uh, cast our minds back to uh, to last Saturday and uh, Matt Bloomfield's second game in charge, uh, still after a, a first win after his opening game. But uh, uh, how would you assess the display? Uh, it was a frustrating day, but not so much what went on at Adams Park, but just because everyone drew in the top six, that was our opportunity to make up some ground. Uh, so there's two ways of looking at that, obviously, because then we didn't lose any ground either because everyone drew, including Wickham. Uh, but having led so early on in the game at home against the side in mid-table, you'd have hoped to go on and win the game. Uh, but full credit to Exeter, I thought they played really well. It was a really open game, and I think Matt Bloomfield said afterwards probably a bit too open. Um, but yeah, Wickham couldn't get that clinical second when they needed it uh, and full credit to Exeter they really made a game of it and, and I think they deserved the point you know it was a fair result at the end of the day um, but yeah I mean Matt desperate for that home win in his first home game but it wasn't to be but you know he's uh, he's definitely got the art of the post-match interview down fairly quickly as a manager as well it's good to speak to him after the after the full-time whistle well we'll hear from him speaking after uh, Tuesday night uh, but also a brilliant reception for him as well on, on that Saturday yeah yeah brilliant um, come out of the tunnel and uh, Obviously, the Wickham fans absolutely love him, so it was always going to be a special moment for him. His family were there as well. Uh, but yeah, like you say, the, the game a few days later on a Tuesday night, a very cold Tuesday night, I can qualify. Um, but they, uh, it was a, a really good performance by Wickham Wanderers. And I think what you see in there is that sort of bit of time spent with the new manager and his team. Uh, the analyst is now in as well from Colchester that's joined in. Ben has joined in from Colchester with Richard Thomas, Lee Harrison and Matt. Uh, and I think we're seeing a, a settled unit now getting plugged into what's going on at Wickham Wanderers. So, you know, very high energy display against Fleetwood. Uh, we've had an amazing run, actually. Decent time in the FA Cup. I think they got to the fifth round for the first time in their history. Uh, and I think they had a disappointing game at Cheltenham on Saturday. But before that, six wins. Uh, or undefeated in six, five wins and a draw, but only conceding one goal. And they've only conceded uh, more than two, two or more, twice this season. And one of those was on Tuesday night against Wickham. And Matt Bloomfield, understandably, very upbeat when I spoke to him after the full-time whistle. It feels amazing, I'll be honest. I'm, I feel really, really proud uh, now. I just said thank you to the boys. Um, you know, to get a win as, as manager of this club that I love so much means the world. So, um, yeah, it feels amazing, but it's not about, about me. It's genuinely, it's about the players. I thought they were superb tonight. Um, we had a long couple of days, lots of talking and, and going through Saturday's game, what we did well and what we wanted to improve on. 
and I thought they took those meshes into the game tonight. We played some really, really nice football at times. I thought we looked a lot more solid in our shape. Um, and um, yeah, I'm really, really proud of every one of them. The, the you know, the the effort, um, the thought they put in tonight's performance, the, the way they asked questions yesterday when we were doing the debrief, you know, the way they want to improve all the time. I'm, I'm, uh, I feel so lucky to to be working with this group of lads, and I'm I'm so pleased from tonight. Could have been more than the 2-0 and looking across the season, Fleetwood have, I think that's only the second time they've lost by two goals uh, or more this season. So it was a decent performance tonight. Yeah, I thought we could have had a, a couple more too. I thought we created some really good opportunities. Um, you know, Maxi's, to be fair, has pulled off an unbelievable save down to his left at, uh, as well. So, um, you know, I know there was chances by fans, but I genuinely felt like we were in the ascendancy. We chased, especially early on, I thought we, we hit them hit them early. Um, and played some really, really good football. Some of our build-up play was really good. We still carried a goal threat. Um, so yeah, on another night we might have had a couple more. But um, I'll be honest with you, I'm more than happy with two. Two minutes on the clock on Saturday for the first goal. Four minutes tonight. Uh, early goals at, at Matt Bloomfield Hallmark. I don't know. I don't think we had too many at Colchester. So um, yeah, it'd be nice if that continues. I think, uh, like I say, the boys were pumped tonight. I think. You know, I told them before the game that you know Adams Park under the lights is always special. Um, there's a zip on the surface. There's a real atmosphere inside the ground. I used to love playing here under the lights. I thought it was it was electric, and um, yeah, the boys boys turned it on. They started on the front foot. The crowd were roaring us on, and obviously we're pleased to get um, ahead early. You know, sometimes um, you know you don't settle into your performance, um, but I thought they settled really, really nicely. And um, like I say, we're, I was pleased with the way we we kind of grew into the game. No Josh Gowan tonight, but Nick Freeman with a real mature performance in the middle of the park as well. I thought he's excellent. I really thought he was excellent. Obviously, you know, Josh is a massive player for this football club and, and we think the world of him. Uh, and to lose him tonight was an obvious, obvious disappointment. But I thought Nick was absolutely, absolutely excellent. I know that he's been playing some games when I was away. So I've watched those back and I thought that him and uh, Wingy make a really, really nice pairing. Um, and um, so, yeah, I'm really, really pleased for Nick. Again, you know, he had a bad injury last season. He's been back fit all this season. He's he's a real a real hard worker. Uh, he's one of life's good guys. And um, I was really pleased with the way he p- p- played tonight. And you can hear, of course, more of that chat with Matt Blinfield on Wanderers TV. And something else which really stood out uh, from your post-match was obviously the, the experience of, of Sam Vokes and, and the youth of, of Chris Farino and, of course, the, the, uh, the youngsters on the bench. Yeah, really good blend, isn't it? Um, and the spine of the team is, is strong, even without Josh going in there. Lewis Wing has been excellent. But as Matt said, Nick Freeman, he's a different player, a different kind of player, but 100% committed. And it was great to speak to him after the game as well and just to get his take on it. But, um, but yeah, he's, he's a, just a great servant for Wickham Wanderers. He's been here a long time now as well, and people kind of overlook that. Um, but yeah, the character in the squad, even the young, the youngsters and the older players, character is is fantastic between all of them. And like you say, yeah, the development squad. I think five of them on the bench the other night, plus two low knees. Very young bench. Um, again, two ways looking at that, isn't there? It's like you know we've had a lot of injuries, um, but uh, injuries and, and things like that create opportunities. So TJ DeBars looks exciting in his recent cameos uh, as well. So Christy Ward coming back from Hungerford, recalled on loan straight into the squad. He's been getting rave reviews at Hungerford. Um, so I know a lot of fans are excited to see him involved in the match day setup. And just being around the squad is just wonderful experience for those boys as well in the first team environment. Uh, and seeing them all training today as well together, there's a really good buzz about the entire place, but uh, the young'uns in, in particular. 
and getting some really good glimpses of Chem as well. Yeah, yeah, Chem is, is clearly here to, to make his mark and first goal of his senior career against Exeter and a really good cameo against um, Fleetwood on Tuesday night and and there's that wonderful bit of competition up top now. You know, we talk about injuries and stuff and Anis leaving, but we've got Anis uh, has gone, Chem, now uh, David Wheeler, Gareth McCleary, Brandon Hanlon. They're all trying to get into those three slots behind Sam Vokes. They can't all start the match. He scored against Exeter and then was put down to the bench. I asked Matt about it after the game, and as we heard, he said it was a fitness thing, but um, it meant that Brandon Handler and Gareth McCleary are thinking, right, well, I've got to play, I've got to perform here, otherwise uh, next game Chem's going to be in, and his fitness is going to get better and better as well. So wonderful headaches for Matt Bloomfield to have, but yeah, he's an exciting player, Chem. I mean, the, the right back of Fleetwood Town had a... Uh, had a bit of a shocker in the last sort of 15, 20 minutes. I think he got nutmeg twice by him. Um, and I think Chen really enjoyed himself. We should preview Burton, of course, as well. And uh, you'll hear when we speak to the manager a bit later on. But, you know, it seems to be playing teams recently who are in good form. And, and you know, it, it, it must come as a good, good sort of test for the team. Yeah, I thought Fleetwood were in really, really good form and in a good place under an exciting young manager in Scott Brown. But Burton, I think, were in a false position. Uh, they had a terrible start. They didn't, get, they didn't win a game until uh, well into September, I think mid-September. Uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank went and his assistant, Dino Mamria, has been appointed. And Dino's done a really, really good job. I'm not surprised by that. He did a great job at Stevenage. He's a great character. Um, and if you look at the form for Burton Albion since Dino took over, they're mid-table. Um, so they've done well, and this is this is be a tough game, and they're out of the top four, out of the bottom four now, and they've got a couple of games in hands on the likes of MK Dons, etc. They're just one point behind Oxford, um, so they'll be looking to to climb up into that mid table. So this is a game; it's always tough going there, but this is going to be a tough, tough game, I think. And watching the games of late, does it feel like that the team's hitting a bit of a rhythm? Yeah, I think. Obviously, with the change of manager and stuff, that was a bit of a, a major eruption, but um, I think. The, the team are in a good place mentally and they're confident in their abilities and and like I say, the team spirit and the unity is what is what gels it all together. Um, so yeah, I don't think they fear anybody because um, which is just as well because we've got some big games coming up. We've got Barnsley coming up a week on Saturday, uh, Bristol Rovers on Tuesday before that as well away. Uh, it'd be good to see Joe Barton again, by the way. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, they're in a really good place. So good news. And uh, I looked a bit further ahead as well, and a special uh, trip for the manager on Good Friday to Ipswich. Yeah, but that's a huge game, isn't it? Uh, Ipswich, after their sort of uh, uh, major transfer window, again, uh, they've had to settle down a bit, but it looks like their results are coming back. Although they have beaten teams down near the bottom end of the table, but um, I don't think that really you can read too much into that. You can only beat who's put in front of you. They've, they've beaten these teams convincingly, uh, so they're there to be respected. and their fans will be expecting to be in the championship next season. And between them, Derby County, um, who else is up there? Sheffield Wednesday, Plymouth. Someone's going to be disappointed. Um, a, a major, major team's going to be disappointed, especially if Plymouth are in one of those automatic places. Um, no one's going to want to be in the playoffs, especially if we're in there too. Um, so it's going to be a fascinating end to the season and Ipswich will play their part, I'm sure. And it feels like a real optimism, a period of optimism at the moment as well, going into, you know, quite, as you say, such an interesting part of the season. Yeah, it's great to be optimistic and, and be involved in this. Wickham in top seven, uh, Peterborough hanging on to the fight as well. So maybe it's the top eight now looking uh, for those top six places. Um, so yeah, it's wonderful to see a club of Wickham size and budget and history duking it out with the big boys. And you know, more than having their say as well, 
Um, people are respecting Wickham now, although we still get the, the same old things. You know, we know what we're going to expect, etc. Uh, and long may that continue, because I think actually what we offer up is something different. Well, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy your trip to Burton and obviously the game as well. Cheers, Colin. Always a pleasure. Likewise. Uh, Phil will be bringing you uh, full commentary on Saturday as well, uh, both on Wanderers TV and on Wickham Sound 106.6. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderers show, we'll hear from a couple of members of the Wickham Wanderers women team, uh, one uh, speaking to us after uh, International Women's Day, of course, uh, and also looking ahead to their League Cup semi-final on Sunday. We'll chat to former left-back Ray Eaton in a few moments' time as well. But first, a brand-new collaborative feature uh, between ourselves and Wickham Wanderers, hosted by Rebecca Daniels, and called Knowing Me, Knowing Blues. Catchy. Uh, with our first guest, Jasper Pattenden. Jasper. Hello, how are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you? I am very good, thank you. You are the first player in the hot seat. How do you feel? Yeah, what an honour. <laughs> I, I mean, they say it's random, but I think uh, I think Phil knows what he's doing. But no, yeah, no, pleasure. Looking forward to it. Yeah, there's some good questions for you today, but I'm going to explain it first, how that's going to go. Um, so each week, a player is going to be picked at random and fans basically get to ask you whatever they want. Wow. Sound good? Yeah, all good, all good. First question from Epileptic FB on Twitter. During your time at Wickham, we've seen you deployed in a variety of roles. Where do you see as being your main position or do you plan on being a highly versatile player? Yeah, look, it's, I think it's been something that I've sort of had all the time I've played. Um, when I was younger, I was naturally more of a wide player, sort of an out-and-out winger. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed as time's gone on, I've slid further and further down the other end of the pitch. So um, obviously came in in the summer operating mostly as a fullback. Um, but I know the gaffer knows I can play higher up. So obviously being versatile, I see it as a strength. Gives me options in other areas. But say my preferred position is probably in a in a wing back either side. But full back, anywhere on the pitch, just happy to be involved. We're going to catch you in goal anytime soon? Oh, I don't know. Tell you what, five aside, I'll be all right. <laughs> but yeah, no time soon at Adams Park. I promise you that. <laughs> okay, next question from Deep Blue Me on Twitter. What is your ultimate ambition in football? Yeah, so obviously for me personally, um, it's going to be extremely cliche, um, but obviously you want to you want to play at the highest level possible, mm-hmm. um, and that's just that's just what everyone will tell you, I'm sure. Um, but for me personally, I think looking back at the end of my career and saying, you know what, I got the most out of it that I possibly can, um, whatever level that may be, I want to be able to look back on myself, not just as a footballer but as a person and be content and happy with what I achieve. I think that's personally what, what I'll be happy with once I've settled down, but as far as I can go is the aim. Very inspirational. You're going to like the beginning to this next one. It's from Mike, and he said, what a credit to your club this young man is. Oh, wow. <laughs> His question is, what and where is your favourite restaurant? Right, this is a no-brainer for me. Oh, Absolute no-brainer. Um, restaurant called Butler's in Arundel, so I'm from down south, okay. Brighton Way. Um little place called Arundel uh, it's the best restaurant in Sussex best restaurant I've ever eaten at it is owned by um, a very very close family friend of mine okay. um, like my second mum and dad what kind of restaurant is it what food it's, do you know what it's, it's a bit of a mixture so on, on a Sunday you get a beautiful Sunday roast mm. um, and if you go in the week you can access sort of nice sort of picky bits sort of calamaris and then you're, you're sort of more sort of gourmet grilled food and then in the evening 
The food's, oh, honestly, honestly, I tell you what, just thinking about it, it's put me on edge. <laughs> Mouth's watering. But yeah, gorgeous, honestly, lovely place. Amazing. Uh, Dan has said, would you rather fight a hmm. bear-sized duck or ten duck-sized bears? <laughs> cool. I tell you what, <laughs> ten duck-sized bears. It's like be fighting, quite cute, I reckon. It's like fighting ten TJ de bars, isn't it? <laughs> Um, no, no, I'd go for I'd go for one. You one just want to fight a bear-sized duck. duck. Yeah, you know what? I back myself one on one. That's gonna have a big beat. I know, I know. But once you're done, you're done. <laughs> Ten of them running around your ankles. I could be in a bit of trouble. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'll take on I'll take on the bear-sized duck. I think I'm gonna go opposite. I think I'd do the ten duck-sized bears. Oh, They'd be cute. God. They could be a pet. I don't know. I don't know. Be nibbling at your ankles. You'd be in massive trouble. <laughs> All right, I've got one last kind of question for you a little birdie has told us that you're a big fan of Rey Mysterio <laughs> do you want to tell us about that <laughs> oh my goodness I am honestly this is ridiculous yeah honestly so when I was young I was addicted to WWE um, I had a teddy and a trampoline and my nan bless her used to knit wrestling costumes for my teddy so I'd go out on the trampoline and, and play with my teddy and then I think it must have been maybe my 8th or ninth birthday my mum and dad Bought me a full Rey Mysterio costume. So I had Stop. the trousers, the mask. Um, I, I don't think I took it off until <laughs> until I was forced off. But no, yeah, massive Rey Mysterio fan. He's always my favourite. I love this finisher, a 619. Um, yeah, God, honestly, I think, you know what? The, that Lewis Hamilton question, Rey Mysterio might be up there. You know? <laughs> You've changed I'm your mind. now. Crikey, what's happening <laughs> to me? But yeah, I loved Rey Mysterio. I thought he was great. And I still see him going a bit now as well, which is great. But that era of WWE, I was all over. Did he have like a tagline? Was it, do you have a famous yeah, phrase? What was it? Go on. It was Buyaka Buyaka 619. Give it some energy though. Oh, Again, Buyaka Buyaka 619. <laughs> oh, honestly. Honestly. Jasper, you have been amazing. Thank you so much Thanks for sitting for down with me, me today. You're very welcome. Pleasure. So that was the first episode of Knowing Me, Knowing Blues. Thank you for tuning in and let us know who you want to see next on the sofa. And you can hear the full version of Knowing Me, Knowing Blues uh, across the club's social media and on our Wicked Wanderers show podcast feeds as well. Uh, well worth a listen. Although I would say that, wouldn't I? <laughs> I wouldn't say you've heard that. that that'll do you. No, well worth checking out the, the full version and uh, you can hear more of that on the Wicked Wanderer show as well. Still to come in this hour, we'll hear from uh, current left back and Captain Joe Jacobson as well. Uh, but I'm very pleased to welcome a former left back as well, uh, Ray Eaton. Thank you so much for joining us. Good evening, Colin. Brilliant to chat to you. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll chat to you about your, your memories of, of your time at the club in, in a few moments' time. But a, a great place to start would be um, in seven days from now, you'll be, you'll be uh, celebrating the life of uh, Brian Lee, obviously someone who, who you played under and uh, have very fond memories of. I do. I have very fond memories of Brian. Um, he was one of the best, if not the best manager that I ever played under. Um, I think, you know, I looked on Brian uh, in terms of his manager coaching role at Wickham, which he was absolutely superb. But he was also, you know, away from the game. He was also very, very good company. And particularly when we went on tour, I enjoyed exploring different sites, different places with Brian, uh, having excellent conversations with him about all sorts of things art politics you name it we would discuss it so um he was a very rounded person um and as a manager absolutely excellent top notch i think as, as fans as well it's quite difficult to really appreciate the influence he had not only on the team but, but also on the club 
Well, I, I think he, it was really putting in... He, he changed the club a great deal. I mean, obviously, I didn't play until 75, 76. Um, when he joined the club, if you look at the record of Wickham in the early 70s, I mean, they were champions four times in five seasons. He completely turned the club around. And that was because he brought in a certain discipline uh, to the club. I'm not saying the club wasn't disciplined because the team used to be picked, I think, by committee before he went there, which was, you know, very unusual. But, you know, Brian, he was a good coach. Um, and, but he, the best thing was his interpersonal skills. He knew how to handle people. He knew how to not only manage a team, not only to coach a team, but to manage people. And that, I think, was, you know, one of his greatest strengths. So what would you say is your earliest memory of, of, your, of your time at the club? Um, well, my earliest memory, actually, was when I was at Slough Town. Um, and um, it was the first time, I think it was one of the first occasions when Wickham were going, um, had a, an end-of-season tour. It was to Greece, to Athens. And obviously a lot of the players worked and they all couldn't get the time off. And so I think via, it was John Reardon being the brother of Terry Reardon, uh, Terry... Terry Reardon, Keith Maskell and myself were invited to guest for Wickham um, on, that, uh, on that tour. And I absolutely loved it. And, uh, you know, I, so many good memories of touring with Wickham because after that we toured in Yugoslavia, in Cyprus and then uh, back uh, in Italy a couple of times. So my first memory of Brian was of someone who always kept cool, calm. Unlike a lot of managers in those days, who used to throw around teacups at half-time or full-time. You know, wouldn't let you eat the sandwiches after game. Brian was always rock-solid. He never ranted and raved. Um, he looked at, I think, the game with a, you know, a very clinical eye. Um, and I had a lot of respect for him, a lot of respect. And funnily enough as well, you, you speak to different uh, former players and, and you realise that you know, their time seems especially special in the camaraderie and the, the dressing room. And the, but, you, but obviously the, the, the names that you, you play with as well are quite special in the club's history. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I suppose top of the list must be Tony Horsman uh, and John Maskell. I mean, how John never got capped for England as an amateur international is absolutely beyond me because he was... Uh, in the top three goalkeepers that I ever played with. Um, same with Tony. I mean, he was just a marvellous player. I mean, there's this guy. When I first played with Tony, um, you know, he looked so unlike a footballer to me. But no matter how the ball was played up to him, he brought it down under control. And again, I think he was ahead of his time because most forwards in those days used to try and blast the ball in the net. But Tony didn't. He passed the ball. And um, he was a prolific goal scorer. So they're the top two. But obviously people like Terry Reardon, Keith Mead, Jeff Anthony, who I had a lot of time for. I, I really uh, liked playing with Jeff and Mickey Hollifield in front of me. Um, and Howard, Ken Howard Kennedy. You know, there was a lot of banter that went on. Good, lively banter. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed that season. It was a hectic season at Wickham. Because we played, um, not long after I arrived, uh, early season, we played um, in the Anglo-Italian Trophy, where we beat Monza. 
and that's one of the highlights of my career. I was going to say, were there any other particular sort of games or occasions that, that really stand out during your time at the club? Well, yeah, I, I tend to think more, Colin, these days of people, not places or matches, but there's no doubt that, you know, the Anglo-Italian trophy, because um, Wickham were invited as the kind of, one of the top, as the top non-league side to play against Monza, who were then in uh, Serie C. Um, and we went out on a, on a, a Monday, I think, and played on a Tuesday night in, in Monza. Um, I mean, they were an excellent side. Uh, they were professionals. Um, we managed to hold them to... Uh, it was a defeat, but it was only 1-0. And that was mainly through John Maskell. There's no doubt. I mean, you know, every time I played with John abroad, he just, you know, the crowds went absolutely wild for him. But, you know, we only lost 1-0. And so when we played in the return leg at uh, Lokes Park, we won uh, 2-0. Um, John Delaney scored with a header, and I think it was Dylan Evans scored the other one. Um, and we beat them. And, um, I, you know, I, it was a, it, I don't think many people expected us to beat them at all. And there was an excellent crowd at Wickham. I mean, we used to get good crowds, but that evening it was really buzzing. And we mentioned you're a left back, of course. Does, does it kind of make you think, you know, fast forward, if you were playing in, in, today's, in today's team, how, how, your game would be quite suited to, I think, the, the style of play? Well, I do, because um, originally, when I was kind of, you know, in my youth and uh, getting towards, you know, the latter years of my youth, um, I was actually playing um, up front. And then I was playing in this game, I was playing for Hitchin, and the left back got injured. And I went left back, and I never looked back. It was it was just so different, um, and it was kind of very strange that instead of people basically quite a lot of the time kicking you, but you know you you kind of waiting for the ball to come up to you, you were playing the ball forward, and I was an overlapping. That the thing was, I did a lot of overlapping. That was my game. It was kind of from the. I suppose the 66 World Cup with the two full-backs we had there, that suddenly uh, left-backs, you know, defensive players were getting forward. And that suited me down to the ground. Um, and so I kind of, from there, really, it, uh, my career took off in a way. Um, I went to Boreham Wood. I spent two seasons there uh, before going to Slough, um, and then I eventually ended up at Wickham. I should have gone to Wickham a lot earlier. I regret I had opportunities to go earlier. But circumstances were such. Um, you know, money was tight in those days. And um, I did follow the money, unfortunately. And I regret that. I should have gone to Wickham, you know, when I left Slough. So does this feel like something which happened to you quite a while ago? Because it's easy to say, isn't it, sort of like, oh, 47 years ago this happened. But it, it, it feels quite, does it feel quite sort of fresh in your memory as if it was comparatively recent? Well, I have to admit, Colin, I, I, I did do a little bit of research today because I did have to, you know, think of a few things, you know, trying to get things in chronological order. But, um, you know, I think that, again, it, it's, this, it's this thing with people, isn't it? So that... When I came to Wickham, um, we had so many good players, you know, so, so many good players. 
at Wickham. Um, and so I kind of don't remember the, you know, I can remember the mums again. But if you ask me about maybe, um, like in the FA Cup, I do actually remember that game because I didn't play. It was uh, against Cardiff. I think somebody mentioned it on a programme the other day. I think John Maskell might have mentioned it, where we were drawn away against Cardiff. Now, just prior to that Cardiff game, I dislocated and fractured my elbow in a game against Hayes at Lokes Park when uh, a guy called Roy Butler from Hayes, who was a big lad, was Roy. He wasn't as big as some players that have been at Wickham lately, but he was a big lad. And he and Peter Spittle, who was in goal that day, not Mask, um, they both fell on my arm when we went up for a, a header, um, uh, you know, to a cross. Uh, so um, I kind of I watched that game, but... You know, kind of day in, day out. I, I don't remember that many games, to be honest. But, you, you know, playing at, at Lokes Park as a fullback, it was a game of two halves, literally, wasn't it? You were up the slope one half, down the slope the other. No, definitely. Well, it's been a real pleasure to, to share your memories. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, obviously, I, I'm sure you'll be uh, uh, looking forward to celebrating Brian's life next week and uh, team up with your former teammates again. No, that's, that's great, Colin. It's good to catch up with you and yeah he will be well remembered and I uh, I heard John Mass say and I uh, you know that perhaps the club should do will do something for Brian and I hope they do he, he fully deserves it no excellent really appreciate your time uh, thank you so much for speaking to us Okay, thank you. Take care, Colin. Uh, you too. Uh, Ray Eaton uh, speaking to us here at Wickham Sound, and thanks as always to the uh, Wickham Wanderers Ex Players Association and uh, more Ex Players next week on the show. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Final part of the Wickham Wanderers show. Still to come, we'll hear from uh, Captain Joe Jacobson, and another left back, and uh, also Matt Bloomfield who wasn't a left-back, but uh, we'll hear from him nevertheless. The current manager, of course, former captain, former midfielder, Mr Wickham. Uh, that's on the way. Uh, plus, we'll catch up with uh, Emma Niebri in a few moments' time as well, uh, who's, uh, of course, preparing for uh, Sunday's League Cup semi-final away at Ascot. Uh, Wickham Wanderers women uh, who have completed their league season uh, already. That was on Sunday. Uh, we'll uh, get to her, uh, feed, uh, her, take back, her take on that game as well against Bournemouth. Uh, but first, uh, Captain Cara has been speaking to us. It was International Women's Day yesterday and uh, it's been a great season for the team as a whole. It's been a, a very exciting but challenging season. You know, we've had lots of ups and downs, but I think that being a part of, of this team is something special and it can only get better. And have you really noticed the developments? So we spoke to you earlier in the season, obviously, and, and you, know, you know, the new coaches and management team coming in and you're in the new ground at, at, um, at yeah, Burnham as yeah. well and you had some initially you know sort of new players come in but some of the, some of the original ones too yeah I mean you know we've had a huge impact of, of new players and I think they've done really well coming in this season and it's been great you know they've made the, a huge difference within our team and you know we've finally hit that turning point in the in the season now where I think you know we can push on and, and hope for hope for the best it must have felt like such a transitional period and kind of a team that's in, in a work in progress, but so many things that, that must have impressed you about the team as it grew. Yeah, most definitely. I just think with the talent that we've got, it's just brilliant, really, of, of what the talent that we do have. And it can only get better from there. You know, our coaching staff are, are brilliant and they're encouraging us and they make us keep going forward and, and just wanting to do better every single game. I think that's been seen over the last five games where, you know, we've been unbeaten. Um, I think we've finally gelled as a team properly. Yeah, we can only get better now. 
I was going to say, such a fantastic run, especially in February. You must be so pleased with, with how it's all coming together. Yeah, I'm very happy with our team and, and the way that we've performed. You know, it's, it's, been, it's been a tough season for us, that's for sure. But, you know, if we keep going and keep working as hard as we are in training and in games, I think next season will we'll be much better for us. What would you say has impressed you most? Because I, I know something that really stands out is obviously the character of the team, the togetherness, and, and also you know the way that you sort of fought back from being behind in games. You know what? I don't really know what stands out. I'm just happy to be a part of a team that is so willing to accept everybody and their abilities, and we're friends more than anything. All, all the team, there's no you know horrible clicks or anything like that, and that's what you want to see in in this environment. And yeah, it's just it's just amazing. And do you feel as well, it's probably hard to say about yourselves, but they, they, you really are kind of role models. Because I remember when we came in to chat to you when you had the game at Adams Park and there were these two young girls that were sat near me and that they, I can't remember exactly what it was that, that you did, but they, they watched something that you did and, and sort of said, oh, we must take that into our own training and, and do that for our own. And they were so pleased to sort of have the chance yeah. to sort of meet you afterwards as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, as football players, you inspire the, the younger generation. And I think now with everything that's going on in the world, you know, with the with women's team doing so well, I think that things are looking up and people do have role models more than, than they ever have been. And really nice for you all to have that backing as well. I know you come along to some of the, the, the men's games at Adams Park and, you know, people who see, see you there and, and come to your games as well and really, really give you some great backing. Yes, and that's how it should be, you know. It shouldn't just be the men's women's team and then the women uh, the the men's team you know they should all be combined and it's great to see that people are supporting us from the men's side as well and you've got this league cup semi-final of course coming up and and that must be brilliant because you've had you know all this kind of season it feels like it's sort of been building up to this yeah this is a really big game for us it's it's an important one you do take it in your stride kind of it's it's you know could be potentially our last game of the season but you know I I have high hopes for the girls and, and I'm sure we will get that win on Sunday and obviously the season's not finished yet, but how do you kind of reflect on you know, how things have gone generally, and as, as you say, for, for your own leading the side as well? Yeah, I think it's been very positive. You know, we had some uh, downers in the first of the season, but I think that things are, are definitely looking up, and I think that next season will be our time. I'm very proud to be in captain of this, this squad, and I have true belief in all of my players. Well, obviously, wish you all the best for the semi-final, and uh, brilliant to speak to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great chatting to Cara. And we've also been speaking to Emma Newbury as well, who um, you know starts by telling us a bit more about uh, that uh, defeat on the uh, the final game of their league season last Sunday uh, against Bournemouth. Going into our last uh, league game of the uh, season, we were we were confident. We had won one nil against Bournemouth away just two weeks prior to that game, so we were excited to go back there and you know give them another game and. When we did play them in the cup, you know, they they were tough. We were the underdogs. We were, you know, towards the bottom of the league. And I think they underestimated us. And, you know, we went out there and we won 1-0, but it was a convincing win. So, yeah, we're through to the, the next round of the cup this Sunday um, as a consequence of that game. So it was an unfortunate game on Sunday, um, a long day. I think it was about 11 hours for me, door to door, with the travel. And, you know, like what's really helped with the wins recently is the team bonding. So I said previously when I've been on on with you guys that the team's changed so much within the dynamics and sort of travelling together down on the coach has been really good. We try and make a big effort to do something before the game or after the game if we're at home. We go to the local Costa, um, just have a little catch up before the game and try and, you know, 
do everything in our favour to win because it's not just physically, it's about mentally preparing. But for whatever reason, on Sunday, the luck wasn't on our side. We had two penalties given against us, uh, two crucial moments of the game, and it, it essentially killed us. But, um, you know, we, we still played well. Um, we still had some really good chances. Uh, they had a very decent keeper. Our manager, Kyle, said that she had been playing at a higher level as well, which always helps for them. So, yeah, it was challenging. Disappointing, obviously, to finish a league like that when we had four wins. But it's such big progress and we're really pleased with how it's, how it's gone so far uh, in terms of not giving up and overcoming everything that this league throws at us. Because it is, it is a tough league. It's so small that anything can change if you miss a key player you know, for that game or whatever, it can change it massively. So we're looking forward to Sunday. We are the underdog again. <laughs> we're quite used to that now. But um, yeah, we're going to give it our all, I think. And does it feel like everything you've kind of been working towards this season is kind of culminating to to this game now? Yeah, I'd say now the league's out of the way as well. Like, you know, it's all that saying, if you lose the cup when the league's on, we're going to focus on the on the league. But we haven't got that in our head now. So everything is going into this game. We want that cup final. We want two games left of the season. Um, I know Carl's really dedicated to getting us um, some sort of end of season friendlies up until May. So even if we don't get through on Sunday, we're not going to stop. We're going to keep building on what we've been doing because it seems such a shame to sort of just stop because the season is finishing really early for us. But yeah, we're going to give it everything. Um, we're excited about going back to Ascot. We uh, we drew one all to them um, around about Christmas. And I think it was that game where things started to really change for us and we we're on the up. Um, again, challenging game, very physical. We should have won. <laughs> again, we always say that. We always are the better team. But sometimes, you know, luck's not on our side or for whatever reason. But yeah, it was a one nil, sorry, one all draw. But then later they came to us at home and we lost 5-1. So it, it really, we, we just don't know how it's going to play out. But our team is stronger now than ever as a unit physically, but also in terms of the group dynamics, like everyone everyone plays for each other, which is really good. I was going to say, you must go into it with such confidence and, and the, you know, knowing the, the strengths of the team as well. Yes, so that helps. Um, in fact, we had some of the um, the oppositions at our game against Winchester come and watch watch our game. So, I mean, that that's quite nice in the fact that they are worried about us coming back to them. Um, so, I think their manager and a couple of players came and watched our game, which is fair enough. Come and see see what we're about because we have changed um, since Christmas. Um, so, yeah, they they obviously are a little bit worried about us coming back. <laughs> And is that something you notice yourself? Because obviously you've been involved with the club for such a long time and, and you must have noticed quite a fast pace of, of change in the team. Yeah, I mean, in terms of we've got a lot of players with different commitments. So we've got um, sort of players that have to go abroad and they have all these fancy jobs. <laughs> we don't always have um, the same team out every week, which doesn't help. And we've had a lot of injuries, um, as you naturally do. So it, it is an ever-changing game. And Carl's always said to me, you know, on the times where maybe I'm not in the starting 11, your time will come because there's always something around the corner where you'll get the call up and that that's your time to shine. So, yeah, it is ever-changing, really. Um, and that is another hard thing, I'd say, not having the consistency sometimes in games of playing with the same players, for example, um, trying to build on what you've been doing. But at the end of the day, we're a team and we, we stick at it and we give it our best shot. 
We wish you all the best for Sunday and uh, congratulations on you know everything that's been achieved uh, this season so far as well. Thank you very much. Been a pleasure to chat to uh, the chair girls this season. I look forward to uh, uh, speaking to uh, more of them uh, for the remainder of the season as well, because it sounds like uh, they've still got some games uh, to come, and we'll catch up with the manager as well, Carl Simon, to get sort of get his, his sort of season review uh, when it's done. Luke's with us as well. Uh, good for, evening. Thank you. Uh, for, <laughs> good, good evening to you as well. Thank you very much for, for joining us. Uh, we've spent some uh, some some good time up at the uh, the training uh, training ground uh, this afternoon. It was foggy and rainy. It was a strange atmosphere, actually. I mean, weather-wise, it was yeah. it was a bit spooky. But the actual atmosphere of the the players was seemed to be really on fire today. It was really good. They all seemed to be buzzing and just really excited for the next game. No, really, really buoyant. And we were there, of course, to to record uh, that feature with Jasper, which was really exciting for both uh, audio and video purposes. Yeah, the video is uh, is looking very good, if I don't say so myself. But yeah, knowing knowing Sorry, who put the video to uh, me, oh. uh, knowing me, knowing Blues, uh, hosted by Rebecca Daniels from New Music Monday, uh, we wanted to do something with the club. Um, that, that sort of brought the, everything together a feature for this and a feature for the club social media uh, would you like to hear some of the other ideas yes yes okay so there was um, speed of sound uh, whereby Rebecca asked quick fire questions to the team posed by listeners soundtracked by Coldplay oh I got I gave that a yes <laughs> um, this one we actually give, div, did give a try did try it yeah yeah uh, sounds of the underground where oh. Wickham sound presenters take a trip on the tube to quiz commuters about Wickham Wanderers soundtracked by Girls Aloud would you like to hear the, the test of it? Yes, this is on yes. my phone, so hopefully the this works. The pilot version of this. The pilot version. Here we go. This is me on the London Underground at the weekend. Hi, just wondering, uh, can I talk to you about Wickham 100, please? Oh, so thanks. So. so there you go. Some excellent acting there from Amy. Well done. Oh. Yeah. Disappointing. Yeah. It was good. Uh, so that didn't last very long, though. That's from the cutting room floor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, it's been great. And um, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing some of the other players get involved. Sam Vokes seemed very keen. No, absolutely. Yeah. He was wanting to put some questions to Jasper. <laughs> he I mean. did, yeah. Quite keen yeah. to do that. I wonder if he's, uh, he's kept up his skateboarding. Maybe, maybe that someone can ask him that. Yeah, yeah. And let Sam's go. Absolutely. So lots to look forward to. Uh, do keep an eye out on our, on our social media channels for that. Yeah, I think the video version is going out tomorrow across uh, Wickham Sound social media. And of course, uh, you were at Adams Park on Saturday for uh, Matt's uh, first game in charge. Oh, a brilliant atmosphere there. Really, really good. So good when he, when you know, when the full time whistle went, it was, uh, it was good. Really, really good. And such, so nice to see Blooms sort of enjoying himself and you know doing the dream, the job that he's always dreamed about. No, getting a really nice uh, welcome. We mentioned it to Phil a little, a little on, uh, earlier on as well. Um, something a bit special, which will be a Good Friday, the trip to Ipswich. Yes. Speaking to the, the previous manager who, who played for quite a few teams, it must be quite nice to, to lead a club against one of your former teams. But but when your only former team is <laughs> yeah, is, exactly, is Ipswich. Yeah. yeah, no, it'll be nice. I'm sure that will be a, a special day for him as well. And I'm sure you know Ipswich will, will welcome him back. Yes, absolutely. Uh, as we mentioned, we were up at the training ground a little earlier on, uh, spoke to the uh, current captain, uh, Joe Jacobson, Former of manager. course. Absolutely, yes. He spent 41 minutes in charge, nearly three quarters of an hour, uh, which by uh, Watford manager standards is, is quite lengthy. Yeah. Uh, more, more on that uh, analogy uh, still to come uh, before the end of the show. But uh, great to chat to him about the, the progress that the team's made uh, what, since the new boss has taken charge. Yeah, and when a new manager comes in, you're desperate to get them their first win. Um, it changes your mentality a little bit of before you're just you know in a zone and, and you just want to keep winning games, keep winning games. And there's no kind of reason why you want to do it for yourself, for the team, for the club, for everyone. But when a new manager comes in, you're desperate for them to, to get their first win so they can settle. Um, you know, there's no, that's as, as every manager in, in the world will tell you, they want to get their first win under their belt. And, um, <laughs> um, so yeah so so you know the Shrewsbury game I think on another day we could have 
got penalty at 1-0 and, and game changes and gets a draw Exeter I thought it was probably a draw as a, as a fair result there's chances at both ends but I think we, we were really dominant on, on Tuesday night against Fleetwood and, and thoroughly deserved the victory and I think for everyone watching they can kind of start seeing now the little tweaks that we're making to, to how we we not just attack but defend as well and um, that's with the new manager and, and Tomo coming in and, and trying to stamp their authority on, on us and you know how we want to do things for the rest of the season so um, yeah it's great to get that that first win but we want to build on that now and, and get more and more I found saying Tuesday night it felt like you know one of the performances of the season and obviously that doesn't just happen yeah of course and let, you know like I said we've we've got a new manager in who knows the players knows the club and, and didn't want to change too much when he first came in because you know we were doing so well such a good place but eventually they've got to you know kind of imprint their own style on, on the team and um, we've worked hard on it the last week or so on the training pitch and it's not even major tweaks it's just a couple of little tiny things that, that can go a long way and, and again we had a meeting this morning and said yes it was good but there was still a lot to, to iron out and you know we had discussions about how we're going to do it better and I think the only way you can do that is by keep practicing keep learning and, and hopefully then we'll, we'll get better and better with it and you know fortunately we got the win from doing doing certain things the other night and you know if we can carry on doing more of that then we should get more points on the board and then coming up against a team like Burton another team who are in form that, that must give you a real sort of boost to sort of test yourself against them as well yeah look, well Fleetwood are in a good place as well when we played them and, and um, you know we've played a few teams recently that have all been in, in good spots with Bolton and, and Shrewsbury and um, you know Burton probably different that they're fighting for their lives but they've they've been on a good run probably their best spell they've had this season has, has been recently so it's going to be a really tough game there it always is um, we've played Burton a lot over the years and um, with the management as well that, that we kind of know about who, who get their players up um, similar to, to how we've been over the years with you know they work really hard for each other they, they don't let you settle on the ball they, they get in your face and you know they, they do it very well so um, it's going to be a really tough game and um, you know we've got to make sure that we're not just evolving into something that we're not quite there yet we have to do things right we have to do the basics right and you know if we can do that and then add a bit of quality up the top top end of the pitch and then hopefully we can get the victory and you hear pundits saying you know we're getting into the business end of the season is that something you feel as players as well yeah well yeah I mean we say the business end I know we're in into to March now but there's still over a quarter of the season to go and um you know yes it's the business end but I think there's still so much football to play at the minute I think once you start Realizing and you can see an end goal, I think then you start, you know, getting excited about things. You, you can kind of feel the buzz. I think when the weather kind of changes, goes a little bit warmer. I think then that becomes a business end. At the minute with the snow and the rain and the sleet, whatever it is, it feels like middle of winter again. So, um, but look, you want to be involved in something come the end of the season. You know, there's there's probably only three or four teams, or maybe what four or five teams in the middle of the division who have got nothing kind of to play for at the minute, but they'll probably still thinking that you know if we can go on a ridiculous run like other teams have done then then why can't we go and push for a playoff plot spot so it's up to us to keep momentum going um said it, it does start getting exciting the more and more games you tick off and if you're still in with a chance of, of achieving something then it is a good time to be here yeah and yourself personally doing, doing well at the moment and pleased with your own game yeah look I'm, I still still feel good I still feel really happy and, and enjoy every day going out and playing football and you know, I'm not one to take days off from training or or to to ever kind of 
not want to be outside is, is if I get an option to go outside and train then I, then I love it and um, you know I'll know when I when I probably should hang up the boots is when I don't love coming in every day and feel like I, I can't do what I can do so and at the minute I feel great I love coming in every day I love seeing all the boys I love you know with the new management there's new ideas and new things I feel like I'm learning again so um, yeah it's a, I feel like I'm in a good place at the minute and a really positive feeling about the group as well as you say with, with so many so many positive things happening yeah look and, and it's strange because we if you look at our, our bench of the night it was predominantly development team players and um, we had a really young young squad the other night and it shows you know we <clears throat> we've normally had quite an older squad I'd say over the, over the years but the last couple of weeks I think um, we've had a couple more injuries as well but we've coped really well with it and you know hopefully we can start getting a couple of those boys back and then you know get stronger as the, the rest of the season goes on and you know if that's the case then you know a lot of teams will start fading off and hopefully we can get stronger and kick on. Current captain Joe Jacobson and former manager Colin also spoke to former captain and current manager Matt Bloomfield and brought him up to date with the latest Watford news. Uh, Matt, really good to speak to you. Thank you so much for your time. Um, in terms of uh, Watford managers, you've been in charge of the club for quite a while now. Um, <laughs> and in, in those three games, you've had obviously the, the three results that you've had, the, the different combinations. Has that been good in a way? Obviously, you prefer three wins, but to have the defeat, the, the draw, and the win, has that been good for you to be able to see you know the team differently? Um, yeah, of course. Um, you want to win every single game, so you're never going to be happy not winning. Um, but it's been, um, I think, we've learnt loads in the three games that we've been here. Obviously, against. You know, completely different opposition, home two home games and an away game. Um, each team's brought different tactical um, challenges, and we've learnt loads about our boys and the way we want to approach it going through to the end of the season. So, um, each game has been valuable in its um, in its infancy, and, and together we we feel like we've learnt a lot, and we we know how we want to keep moving forward. So, yeah, we've loved loved our time here since we've been back at the club. Uh, me and H, uh, Harry and um, Tomo's love being here as well, and, and I feel like you know we're starting to to learn about. Uh, really Really know what we want to do moving forward. Have you noticed real progression already? I think so. I think that we're pleased with the performance on Tuesday evening, but you never want to get too, you know, you don't want to get ahead of yourself. Of course, um, um, we know we've got some good players in the building. They're, you know, been performing extremely well um, all season, so we want to keep that continuity much, as much as we possibly can. So yeah, we're certainly not getting ahead of ourselves. We know we know that there's going to be you know plenty of challenges lie ahead, but we were pleased with some of the aspects aspects of the performance and the result on Tuesday night, and we want to keep keep that moving forward. In many ways, is it the performance you're kind of looking at perhaps more than the result? A hundred percent. Yeah, I've been um, that way led my, you know pretty much most of my career in terms of trying to look after my performance and belief that the result will come at the end of it. And I don't think that you know being a head coach or a manager should be any different. Of course, I'm judged on results, and I want to make sure. We get them as much as we possibly can, but I have a belief in that, you know, there's the performance, and you do that often than not, than not, then the results will come. So, you know, we've watched the game back through unemotional eyes from Tuesday evening, try to analyse it as best we we possibly can to to our ability, and, and try to present that to the boys this morning. And we want to keep improving. You know, there were some real good things from the game the other night. Of course, there possibly you know, there was, and we were really, really pleased with many aspects. But, um, you know, I think it's really important that we keep striving for improvement and keep striving to move forward and, and that's our beliefs and that's the way we'll, we'll go about it. And something else encouraging about Tuesday was the number of development players on, on the bench and that was something that, that fans are being pleased with and pleasing for the future as well. Yeah, of course. You know, We want to give the, the guys exposure as and when they're ready. I think it's it's really important not to do that before they're ready because you don't want to set them back, back in their development by exposing them to something not quite 
quite up to, to doing, but we believe, we've got a big belief in the development boys we've got here. It was great to have them on the bench the other night. You know, some of them got on the pitch, which was, which was even better. And, um, and if, we can, if we can do that, then we're, we're really pleased to have those guys involved. But you know, we've got a, a couple of the more experienced boys coming back from Knox and stuff. So um, we'll, we'll see how they are uh, moving into Friday and, and take a squad up to, to Burton that we're, we're looking, to, looking forward to the game. Must be so encouraging for them as well. They've seen you know, the likes of Anis and, and Chris Reno doing so well. So many great stories of players' development here. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, but there's always been a common denominator with any any young lads that have come on and done well. You know, Luca Nine, you know, Anish Mimetti, um, Chris Farino. The, the common denominator is their hard work and their intensity in terms of the way they want to learn. You know, their their ability to learn and, and improve on a daily basis. So, um, of course, there's there's plenty of encouragement for the younger players because we believe uh, in youth development here. In, in terms of we you know take the boys into the B team, we want to give them a pathway to the first team. But it has to be when they're ready. Um, but you know there's some encouraging signs and we hope that they continue well, You're talking about the results but I guess uh, back-to-back wins this weekend will be fantastic yeah, Of course, yeah we want, we want you know we're at a time of the season where results are really really important and we know that <clears throat> there's no point in me sitting here talking about uh, process and performance if you're not picking up results so we know how important that is but you know, as I've said before my belief is in to, to concentrate on what you can control and that is to try and put the best performance on we can um, take all the tactical elements out of it um, you want to be able to you know, work as hard as the opposition if you, know, you want to work harder than them you want to run harder than them you want to compete more than them um, and we know that they're the fundamentals of the game that, that count at any level so yeah they're, they're the bits that we try and put into it uh, as much as we possibly can and, and you hope if you do that often enough that the results will, we, um, will re- re- replicate that Really interesting to be playing teams currently who are, who are in form as, as well as your own side as well, of course. Yeah, of course, yeah. We, you know, we've seen that recently in the games we've come up against. You know, um, I think that um, you know it's a really tough league. You, you know, Burton are in decent form, they're in good form. We know that they've recruited really, really well, um, and they're a different different proposition to, to what they were earlier in the season. So we know we're in for a tough test, most certainly, um, and we have to make sure we're prepared and ready to go Saturday afternoon. And does it feel like a real uh, uh, fast introduction for yourself? Because obviously you had Saturday, Tuesday, and then same this week as well. Yeah, it has been. Yeah, I'd, uh, it was extremely similar when it in, went into Colchester. Actually, I walked into five games in two weeks there, and it's been it's been similar here as well. So um, I, I love the games. I love the preparation. I love the thought that needs to go into it. So um, no problem from my side. I love being in the thick of the action. So um, it's just great to be here, and I and I'm uh, I'm looking forward to every possible scenario that I come up against. And just finally, what will be your message to, to fans after your first few games in charge? I guess it's just thank you very much for the warm welcome that I've received. Thank you for the support of the players. That's the most important thing. You know, this club is is bigger than any um, player or manager. I've I've known that over my time here. You know, players and managers come and go, but the supporters are, are there through thick and thin. So thank you for the welcome they've given me and the staff. Um, Harry returning and, and Ben and Tom have really felt welcomed with open arms, which I think is incredible. You know, I told them all about Wickham before we got here, and um, I think it's been another thing for them to see it. Um, see Wickham what it's all about see what we stand for how we run ourselves as a football club um, and they've been really touched by that so thank you for our welcome and, and I guess from my side it's it's the promise that we'll keep doing as, as hard working as hard as we possibly can to do the best best job we can whilst we're here Matt Brimfield there from the Wickham Tourist Board uh, there are plenty of places to see and uh, things to do in Wickham uh, and also of course if you're going to Burton on Saturday uh, enjoy the game hopefully it's, it's another three points if you're not going full match commentary on uh, 106.6 FM and on Wanderers TV as well and there's a game on Tuesday night of course coming thick and fast a uh, quick reminder as well the warm hub continues throughout March too uh, so uh, perhaps if you're coming away from that uh, as that's kicking out about now uh, or if you're going to it in uh, future weeks as well uh, do enjoy the uh, the food and the company which is on offer there uh, The Wicked Wanderer Show is back at the same time next week and don't forget the podcast version of the show as well